Hello, everyone, and welcome to AC23, your weekly excursion into the arts and culture of the Capital Region. My name is Chancellor Zero Skidmore. My producer is Jeremy Porcine. You can stream this episode and previous episodes at your leisure via the Arts Council's website, artsbr.org. And if you're serious about your podcasts, subscribe to AC23 on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to it, give it five stars, and listen to it day and night. Y'all, I'm happy to announce that I got my first shot of the vaccine and I haven't grown any extra fingers. There are no new allegiances to any mysterious government organizations. I'm not dead, as you probably have figured out by now. I'm fine. The best part is that my kids maternal and paternal grandparents have gotten the full vaccine. So I'm getting my babysitters back. It's been a long year, y'all. If you're not on anybody's waiting list to get the vaccine, try to get on one. This virus deserves a beatdown. And I guess I'll add to that by saying COVID-19 has no nationality, race or human identity at all. It's a virus harboring hate towards a race because you've been impacted by a virus. Well, that's just hate looking to looking for an excuse to lash out at someone. And it's the opposite of intelligence. Shout out to everyone in the Asian American community. Please stay strong. Stay safe. All right. We have a few Arts Council calendar highlights. Goes like this. February 25th. At the Firehouse Gallery, we have an exhibition entitled Evicted. It's a collaboration with the Matthew Desmond, a professor of sociology at Princeton University, a MacArthur Genius Fellow, and best-selling author of the book Evicted, which offers an immersive experience bringing, our, bringing the visitors into the world of low-income renter eviction. With unique design elements and striking graphics, the exhibition challenges adults and youth to face the enormity of a difficult subject while providing context and a call to action. That's going to be uh, at the Firehouse Gallery, which is inside the Arts Council building, and that's at 427 Laurel Street. Again, that starts on May, I'm sorry, March 25th, exhibition entitled Evicted. On March 26th, the Jazz Listening Room Concert Series presents the Michael Foster Quartet. Bassist extraordinaire Michael Foster will be leading a quartet of some of the greatest musicians you'll ever see. Be prepared to hear some straight-ahead original tunes, some jazz standards, some New Orleans trad, and definitely some second-line songs. It'll be outdoors and socially distanced on the patio of Corum Hall. The time is 7.30 p.m. Space is limited, so get your tickets right now, and you can get those tickets at artsbr.org. Again, March 26th, 7.30, the Michael Foster Quartet. Lastly, March 27th, at the main library of Goodwood Plaza, we have an open air fair. It's an afternoon of live music and experiences for the entire family. Part of its Young People's Opera program and presented with partnership in partnership with the main library of Goodwood. This event will begin with Master Minutes, where participants can learn to dance, draw and sing from master artists, then later hear captivating performances, dance along, and use drawing skills to be part of the action. That time is noon to 2 p.m., March 27th, Open Air Fair. And here to chat with us about all things that and all things Opera Louisiane is today's guest. She's an arts administrator, educator, and violinist who is committed to making classical music relevant and accessible and bringing it to a diverse community. In her current role as Associate Director of Opera Louisiane, she is proud to take part in bringing professional opera to Baton Rouge and opening the door for thousands of students to experience opera for the first time in their lives. Dr. Sonella Agassi, welcome to AC23. 
Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, indeed. Well, I, I should let everybody know um, you're also on the um, the Arts Council's uh, Artist Advisory Board, which uh, we're kind of just getting that thing off the ground, but it's been a great experience. It has. So you're obviously passionate about exposing young people to, to opera, and I just love to talk about exposure. So uh, tell us a little bit about your initial exposure to the arts. Um, I started music when I was nine years old. My parents were my greatest supporters, and they were the ones who actually really supported me to go to the music high school, middle school, and high school in Iran when I was only 11 years old. So I kind of chose my major very early on, earlier than most people usually choose theirs. Uh, so I was always, I always remained in the field of arts, but um, when I started arts uh, advocacy kind of was very early on, but I didn't know about it because um, and I grew up, I was born and raised in Iran, an Islamic country that does not consider music legitimate, especially when it comes to women's voices. So mm. it's really difficult uh, to prove that arts really is important. It needs to exist, especially art education. So um, I was studying music, I was studying performance, uh, but I started advocacy and storytelling very early on. And uh, Later on, I became an arts administrator. Oh, that's beautiful. And so you jumped to later on, I became an arts administrator. Like, what was that journey like? I know for myself um, and for a lot of people, you know, it's it's another gig, right? Uh, but but what, what was that like for you to, to go from being an, a, a, a musician, right, to, to an administrator? How how that come about? Right. So when I immigrated here in 2010, I started uh, studying performance and education, basically following what was I doing before, but I didn't really know that such a thing exists. I saw a lot of my friends, as you were saying, it's another gig, that, uh, another thing that they can do, and uh, they would do arts administration, but I didn't know it's something that you can systematically study in order to just enhance your abilities to uh, do well. And uh, when I started my uh, doctorate degree at LSU, I I was connected to the um, to the person who is teaching those classes, and I was just fascinated about the world of possibilities. Because as a musician, as an educator, I was always working with a lot of nonprofit organizations. I would see the strengths, I would see the weaknesses, I would see a lot of potential for change, and I was always excited to learn more about the other side of the world and how I can contribute to that. Awesome! Awesome! And so um, were, were your parents, I see your, your parents started you off pretty young. Were they um, musicians or musically inclined or artistically inclined? Actually, no, I come from a completely non-musical family, but they are definitely music lovers. So they always, what they couldn't have for themselves, they wanted it for me. So that's how I started first on piano, but then uh, I really loved the violin. And uh, so I started with my with violin as my main instrument. And in high school, I started classical voice as uh, the second instrument. So. Oh, okay. So you, you also... You study classical voice. Do you perform as a as a opera singer as well? Uh, I wouldn't say opera singer, but I definitely perform, especially at uh, certain cultural uh, events. I'm not doing it as often as used to. Obviously, violin ended up being my main profession, so it takes up a lot of time. I wish I had more time to pursue both at the same level, but I love to, I love to sing when there are uh, possibilities. I understand. I understand. 
So, and that was going to be one of my next questions was how do you get from violin to opera? But now I, I see that you have a, a background in voice as well. Um, so for those unfamiliar with Opera Louisiane as an organization, um, what, what, what is your guys' main focus? So Opera Louisiane was founded in 2007, and uh, since one year after uh, it was founded, uh, they started a program, Young People's Opera Program, which is a cornerstone uh, of the organization. And uh, in that, we reach out to the fourth, fifth, and sixth graders uh, through uh, music um, education. But what it used to be for the past 12 years, it was basically a field trip to an um, an opera performance, which was very magical and served so many students. But of course, with the pandemic, we had to completely rethink that idea and actually go to classes virtually and teach them about different aspects of uh, opera, which uh, became very interesting. But other aspects to the Opera Louisiana itself, obviously, it's a performing arts organization. So we are very proud to uh, present multiple performances, not only for children, but for adults. Uh, We have main stage productions that, of course, uh, with the pandemic, uh, most of them got postponed or canceled, but we were happy that we continued our Lunch with Leanne uh, productions, and also uh, we focused much more on the educational and community outreach programs that were done outdoor. So a lot of new possibilities um, came across us during the pandemic. Well, that's that's great that you, you guys were able to find new possibilities. I know a lot of uh, businesses, nonprofits and private businesses have uh, have struggled during the pandemic. Um, what are some of the other things that Opera Louisiana has done as an organization to kind of just stay afloat during the pandemic? Right. Well, it has certainly been difficult for all of us as artists. I def- as an artist, I always uh, say that I really miss. It's been almost a year that I haven't played any symphonic gigs. So um, I can't imagine how difficult it can be for uh, all the nonprofit organizations now. But uh, what we have done is that v- from very early on, we just um, had several meetings brainstormed on what is possible. So uh, we tried to put aside what we were used to, do, uh, used to doing for several years and come up with completely new ideas that uh, would serve the need of the current um, the current need of the people. So uh, through that, early on, it came Opera Trivia Nights, that it was basically just Zoom. Our patrons would uh, come mm. together, but at, especially early on in the pandemic, it served us really well because uh, people were really wanted to get connected, and um, it was both a fun event, a social event, but also an informative and educational event. Um, then later on, it came uh, Barber of Seville. It was a fully virtual uh, performance that our artistic director did an amazing uh, job with it. It was made for virtual, so it wasn't just an opera that you see a video of it, but it was specifically uh, made during the pandemic with that in mind that people are watching it. Um, at their homes and their TVs or many on their cell phones. Um, so uh, that was an interesting project, a big project that we did. And um, so Lunch with Leanne uh, performances continued with six different artists. One of them is coming up on May 3rd, but we had uh, five successful production of that. And uh, mainly what is what has been going on during February and March is YPOP, Young People's Opera Program. This year we are presenting 10 different uh, 
um, sessions with 10 different teaching artists mm. that each teaching artist goes virtually visit the classroom. These sessions are completely interactive. Uh, they talk about movement, about what is opera, about lighting design, design itself, uh, and uh, just so many aspects that make opera great. So with this program, we were hoping to uh, have a more in-depth impact um, to the community. Um, and we had several schools registered uh, for the program, and it is still continuing till the end of the March. And as you mentioned, uh, alongside with that program, we are offering open air fair as a performance. So um, you and I met at, you You guys had an outreach initiative. Um, we went over to um, Baton Rouge Community College and, and talked to some of the students over there and, and some of the opera singers just blew me away. They were just amazing. Um, and and I, I love the way that you all try to really open up the door to, to let people in. Opera can seem like intimidating kind of, you know, you got to have money or be established or be a very sophisticated person, right? Uh, at least that's what a lot of people see, you know. And so you guys have done a great job of opening it up. And, I, and now you're literally opening it up, <laughs> uh, Open Air Fair. So tell us a little bit about this event. Yes, Open Air Fair is uh, being offered as part of YPOP, uh, but this one, it's an event for families. So the idea is that on Saturday, March 27th at the Goodwood Library from 12 to 2 p.m., um, all the students, all the children, families, everyone in the Baton Rouge community would come together safely. Uh, it's a completely outdoor event. Uh, we encourage wearing masks. And uh, the way that we envision this program being is it will include one hour of operatic performance performance with four singers and a string quartet. Wow. Uh, so it will be uh, live music. It's a program all full with uh, Mozart uh, arias and overtures. And uh, for the other hour, which uh, will come half an hour before the show and half an hour after the show, it's uh, the teaching artists, the ones that have been working with the um, children. So a lot of them, if they come to the show, they will recognize them. They will have different stations. Um, so, for example, for uh, the very beginning of the show, it will be Jennifer, Jennifer White. Uh, she's our dance professional choreographer that has worked in multiple uh, shows before with us. And uh, she will teach for half an hour live with the string quartet dances that the family can get up and actually participate. At the same time, during that time, a design specialist, uh, we have Miss Fanny Brown uh, with us, who would um, teach the students how to draw uh, some elements from the opera. So the idea is that we give students the option. Those who don't want to dance, they can go to the art corner. And if they get bored during the opera, they can just continue with drawing and participating. So we have designed it very much with uh, the elementary uh, students uh, being our uh, focus for the educational portion, but at the same time, an event that all the family and even adults can come together and enjoy. And after the show, there will be stations uh, about storytelling and all also, uh, me, I will be there uh, telling the kids about the instruments and similar to a petting zoo situation. So we're very <laughs> excited about that. Awesome. Somebody gets to pet a bassoon. <laughs> uh, what are the uh, ages? I know you said elementary age. So, you know, if I have a two-year-old, this probably wouldn't be something they can participate in. Or maybe. Um, the program itself, YPOP, it's for fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. Okay. But this event, it's just made for families of literally all ages. Oh, cool. 
You, you said earlier that uh, Opera Louisiane was founded in 2007. That seems very recent. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 50 years old. <laughs> it, it, were there no opera performances in Baton Rouge before then? There must have been something. Uh, I know that LSU Opera has definitely been going on uh, okay. for a long time, and um, a lot of people confuse us uh, with the LSU productions. But when LSU, when Opera Louisiane was founded, was with the idea, and it continues to be a professional opera company. So a lot of times we do have uh, very bright, talented people that we hire that they are from LSU. They are doctoral students mm-hmm. and graduate students there. Uh, but most of the time, uh, we actually fly people fly artists from everywhere around the world actually for the uh, the tales of Hoffman production that unfortunately got uh, postponed during the pandemic uh, we had in mind uh, that one of the singers who recently showed up in the Metropolitan Opera uh, productions uh, wow. he would uh, be with us hopefully uh, when we do announce the dates again um, so there are lots of famous and bright talented upcoming artists uh, that we travel from around the United States to come and join us for the productions. That's amazing. So uh, you, you mentioned lunch with Leanne earlier. Oh, oh, I want our listeners to know who I know who Leanne is, but uh, can you tell us a little bit about that series of events? And, and uh, you said the next one is on May 3rd. That's right. So what is lunch with Leanne? Uh, Lunch with Leanne is a program that uh, it usually entails 30 minutes of live music before the pandemic. And during the pandemic, it switched to pre-recorded performances that were exactly made um, for virtual. So it was a lot of more time on our artistic director team uh, trying to put that together and create beautiful music. Uh, But it's 30 minutes of music, piano and um, an opera singer. At the same time, um, half an hour before the show, um, people get to socialize, learn about opera, and um, actually have a lunch with us. At uh, The events are held at the Crown Plaza in Baton Rouge. And uh, the, the reason that the name is Leanne, Dr. Leanne Clement is the general director uh, of Opera Louisiane and has been with Opera Louisiane for over a decade. So that's how it was uh, named on. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the next lunch with Leanne that we have coming up, it's on May 3rd at 11.30 a.m. And uh, we are very excited. So if someone wants, wanted to get tickets to that, I, I think the open air fair is free. Yes. But if someone wanted to get tickets to lunch with Leanne on May 3rd, they would just go to your website? Yes, our website, uh, operalouisiane.com. And uh, they will have, they can easily purchase tickets through there if they have any difficulties, they can always call us at our office number, and we would be more than happy to assist. Awesome. So there, there may be somebody out there who has never been to an opera performance, <laughs> maybe, right? Um, maybe they're curious, like, what are some of the misconceptions that people have about the opera that uh, maybe keeps them from, from attending? Right. Well, there are so many, and uh, some of them might be correct just because how historically uh, opera was uh, presented. But all of the nonprofit organizations are just trying to break those uh, barriers and show people that we are actually trying to get into the community. One of that is that opera is for rich people, only opera is for white people. They are usually really uh, uh, overweight people. 
performing uh, opera, it, the costumes are maybe just too much and something that people don't relate to. Um, and so many more, depending on uh, who do you ask. And one of the other main one is that the length of the operas, they are too long, too boring. Everyone is sleeping or snoring uh, during them. But for a lot of that, I can say that I'm a Middle Eastern and I absolutely love opera. And uh, as far as the pricing goes, we are doing anything that we can to bring it for free or for as little as possible. So people of all budget can experience one or several uh, opera performances uh, during the year. And uh, we are trying to continue to educate people um, about it. So the more you know about it, the less uh, scarier it seems to you. I think that goes for uh, anything. And um, also, I think it depends a lot on the presentation. One thing that I'm really proud that all of our team in Opera Louisiana is doing, we want to represent the community with the people who are putting up on stage, with the teaching artists that we are hiring. They should be the same as the people who are in our community and not any different. So when uh, we are reaching out to elementary schools and there are little African-American boys that uh, they see another younger uh, singer that is also African-American, they see that uh, that it's possible and they want to ask questions they want to learn more and uh, the world of possibilities suddenly opens up to them uh, so we are working in so many ways to make it a, just create and provide equitable access um, to the opera for all the people in the community and um, say that it's not the way that they think and another thing that we have done also with the operas we always keep in mind to keep them short keep them in the length that we give the opportunity to people people to socialize, have a great time, but also enjoy a great performance. Awesome. And it's just beautiful music and really talented entertainers. There's always like a, a, a great story being told and there's so much history behind it as well. So um, for anybody who has never been to the opera, go see for yourself and you get to find out that a lot of what you may be assuming may not be accurate. Awesome. Uh, Dr. Agassi, thank you so much for coming on the show. And um, the website, again, is uh, operalouisiane.com. All right, y'all. Go out and check out Open Air Fair on March 27th and uh, all the other great things that are going on in the city arts-wise, y'all. Um, thank you for tuning in. This is Chancellor Zero Skidmore. I'll see y'all at a show. Peace. Peace.